Raising Sons. Oh, praise the Lord. Let's do this thing. Um, are we ready? Okay. Oh, praise the Lord. I've been ex- I didn't get much sleep last night. And I woke up. I woke up this morning after having another hours of sleep. I, I only got like, you know, I got up at 2 o'clock in the morning. And I could have been negative. But I decided, no, I'm going to be, I get to go to church today. Hallelujah. I didn't get much sleep. I get to go to church. And then we got family coming over. And then, I, I don't know, the bishop might even be coming to town to go to the zoo. Depends on if it rains or not. But um, praise the Lord. Alan Marion came just in case that rain came that they could cover up and um, be dry. And so I didn't even think of that this morning. I just wanted to get to church and uh, have fun with you today in the Lord. And uh, God's going to do, I am believing God's going to do some great things. And those who are listening to the podcast, welcome to New Life this morning. We're glad that you're joining us. Um, This morning I'm going to be talking about You're Invited. Um, I do, um, I'm going to be getting together with one of our pastors and learning from him some things. We got to do something with Google. I didn't catch it all, but we'll be learning next month. And then um, I also want to start doing a different, um, a um, getting out there, talking on Facebook Live, and not having our sermon yet because we're not ready for that kind of a thing. But at least doing some things. I got a good friend down in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, and uh, in fact, he's connected to our church because, you know, Lane and Linda Lavender. Uh, for those who that was that's Doris's daughter. Linda, and my friend was Lane's best man, so three degrees from New Life, you know, thing, and uh, you can get there. And then the overseer was bragging on us, that we're the oldest church in the Dakotas. And so he was bragging on us and uh, um, put more pressure on me, Bishop, um, to turn this ship right, and uh, I believe we finally are going in the right direction to see growth happen and God do some amazing things. I, I, I look at what God is doing in um, answering prayer. It's just amazing and wonderful. And I thank him for it because you know what? When you come before the throne believing and where two or three are gathered together, he says he's in their midst. He also says if you two agree on anything, it will be done. In Jesus' name, that is. And we're asking, not commanding. Um, again, we don't go around commanding the Lord to do anything. We ask him, you know, it's a lot, he'll answer faster when we ask instead of command. Yes, he'll keep his word. If it's in the word, he's going to do it. I command heaven. I hear this all the time on TV now. I command heaven to do it. And it's like, wait a second, I know it's in the word, but it's much better to ask. God, God moves faster because Jesus says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So we ask for Austin's job in Jesus' name. Boom! Within less than a week, just a couple of days, boom! He gets a better job than what he had and a greater opportunity. That's God. Come on, folks. Come on. And that's from a prayer we couldn't get together because of illness in the church. We couldn't get together in person, but we, we have this wonderful thing called... Um, um, Hmm? Uh, our texting. And we can do church over text. And you say, how in the world do you do that? Well, you come to New Life, we'll teach you how. I'm not going to give away all of our secrets. 
And so, praise the Lord. This morning, I'm going to talk to you about you're invited. And we're going to be mainly in 2 Timothy 1, 8 through 12, but we've got to get there. And so, the, if we go to the next slide, you're invi- we need to invite people, we need to invite people to know our Jesus. That's as simple as that. Here's what Jesus is talking about there. In Mark 16, 15, he said, And he said unto them, Jesus said, Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, he doesn't give us a choice of who we're going to invite. He said every creature. Now, now you might be be a silly person who goes up to every dog, cat, chicken, and say, I want you to know my Jesus, come to church with me. Well, we don't do the blessing of the animals here. There is is churches in town that do that, but we don't do the the blessing of animals. Um, We'll pray for your dog, you know, but you don't need to bring him to church to have us lay hands on him. You know, but I know your puppy is probably, and your kitty cat, or your ferret, or whatever you, your goldfish, it's very important to you. We'll pray for that need, but we, but, but he's talking about every creature. He's talking about everybody. It doesn't matter if they're purple with green polka dots, or if they have red hair, no hair, if they're chubby or skinny, like a beanpole, or even skinnier, that when they turn sideways and they stick their tongue out, they look like a zipper. Um, We've known people like that, right? Um, It doesn't matter if you're short or tall. It doesn't matter if you don't look like me and you look like Hal. He says every creature. That's why he says every creature. He wants to include everybody. That's why I'm glad we are the church of the whosoever will. We got... uh, most churches would say that in our community, but most of them say, yeah, we're the church of whosoever will because it's in the Bible, but they, they don't accept everybody. And that's sad. When we say we're the church of whosoever will, we don't care who you are because Jesus accepts you because he died for you, will accept you, and will love you too. You see, that's the, diff- that's the thing. God does not... is. God says something interesting in James. He's not a respecter of persons. In other words, he does not discriminate. And so um, he loves everyone because while we were yet sinners, this is how God demonstrated his love for us, that while we were yet sinners, what did Christ do? He died for us. That's before we knew Jesus, before we deserved his love. Jesus died for us. Why? Because God so loved the world. Who's he talking about? Is it the planet? No, he's talking about you and I. And then Acts 1.8, Jesus says, But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. My in- you could put inviter there. <laughs> come on. He doesn't want, he doesn't make, you see, our problem is we see witnesses and we overcomplicate everything. We'll preach the gospel to every creature. We overcomplicate everything. When he's talking about the, invite them to know your Jesus. I mean, come on, who's your best friend? Oh, that would be Jim. I haven't seen him in years, but boy, he's good. If I just pick up the phone, we can talk. And he's, why he's my best friend, the best friend, because he doesn't bug me. He doesn't ask me to help him to move. He doesn't. No, I'm not talking about that kind of friend, guys. That's guy friends. 
Women, when they have girlfriends, it's a whole different story. They help each other move, pack, clean, do, you know, they'll, anyway. You should be my witness both unto, unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the other parts of the earth. He wants us to be inviting worldwide. Come on, worldwide, all over the world. Hallelujah. He doesn't want us to describe. Did you see he put Samarians in there? I love that part. He, he didn't just say, go to your own. Go to the people that look like you. Just go to your family members. You know? He says, even go to the people you don't like, the Samarians. Who's your Samarian? Who are the people you don't like? <laughs> you see, they will know you are Christians by your love. I, I saw at the fair, oh my word, did you see all the different types of people at the fair if you went this year? I saw more Native Americans at our fair and more Hispanic people at our fair than I have ever seen at our fair. You know, usually you go to our fair and it looks pretty white bread. You know? And we saw these lovely people there. I said yesterday at our minister's meeting that I can't wait for the new census report to come out to find out how our demographic of our community changed. I would love, you know what I would love? I would love to get some of those natives in our church. We used to have natives years ago in our church. I would love to get some natives in our church. Man, they know rhythm. I would love to get some Hispanics in our church. Oh my word, you talk about worship being exciting. Of course, I don't know if they could ever outdo, we could ever outdo our Haitian church when it comes to excitement when they sing and praise God. They just get so joyful. You, you see, that's what we need. We need to get joyful in our worship. I mean, well, I can truly say we got the best music in town because we got the best musicians playing for us. I mean, we do. We got the, the best studio musicians in all of the world playing at our church every week. Man, it makes it easy for me to jump up there and sing with the worship team like I did this week and, and just focus on Jason and Jesus. What do you mean focus? Well, you've got to listen to your lead singer. So I have to be focused where he's going. I was having fun with him on the last song because on the one line, I would go down below him. On the other line, I'd go up. And then he changed on me on the other line, so I couldn't go up, so I had to go just with him and blend. But I'll tell you what, that's what it, that means, that's what it means to follow. That, if he changes, I have to change. When God, when we're following Jesus, when he changes the way he wants us to do something, I change. I don't ask him to change, I change. You see, and he tells me to invite. So there's no discrimination. So we need to be inviting everyone we meet to know Jesus. That's why I love our shirts. 
we need to be inviting everybody that we meet. And I've told you before, if you don't know how to talk to them about Jesus, you know, you got the card, give them a card, tell them to go on the website. Yeah, if they, but, or the best thing to do is bring them here to church and Jason and I'll work on them. <laughs> My word. And then if that doesn't work, we'll get our resident pouncer to take care of the rest. I love it. <laughs> and if you don't know that you're the resident pouncer, it's only because of her love for people that she pounces. She doesn't pounce to be mean. She pounces because she wants to see them know Jesus. She wants to make sure they're going to make heaven. And there's nothing wrong with that. Not everybody has the gift to pounce. Not everybody has the gift like Bob had of the gift of gab. The gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of gab. I could prove it to you, but I don't have time for that this morning. <laughs> the gospel, the next slide, is called the good news because it has the power to change lives. Look what Romans 1.16 says. I am not ashamed, and this is really our theme for today, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Come on. And because Paul was concerned about his family, he said to the Jew first and then to us, the Gentiles. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. That's just that simple. And the cool thing about that, that means Gentile just covers everybody who's not Jewish. Right so if you're not Jewish, you're Gentile. Right so it doesn't, again, it doesn't matter if you're purple with green polka dots, with funny hair, <clears throat> or no hair. Somebody was concerned when we were adopted, Bodhi, are you going to, are you concerned about this, that, and the other thing? And we said, no, we don't care if he comes out green. That's why I keep saying green with purple polka dots. We didn't care. We just knew we loved him before he was even born. Just like God loves you before you were ever born because he knew you when you were in, before you were even conceived. He, he saw you in his mind's eye. And he fell in love with you. That's why when, before Adam and Eve sinned, God the Father said, who's going to go and straighten out this mess? And Jesus says, here I am, send me. I am willing to go to the cross for them because I have already fallen in love with them and we weren't even born yet. I don't know if that was 5,000 years ago, 6,000 years ago. God knows the timing on that one. But he fell in love with you and me. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I got to invite, because I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm excited about what the gospel has to offer people. What a privilege we have to invite someone to know Jesus. What a privilege it is to. What a privilege. Do you know what kind of privilege you have? Now, wait a second. You've been given, everybody here is called to invite someone to know Jesus. We're all called to it. 
because he says, you shall be my witnesses. He didn't say who, that's to all of us. What a privilege, can you imagine? You are privileged to be put in the same category as Isaiah. Hmm. Did you ever think of being in the same category of the great prophet Isaiah? As Paul the Apostle? Now they fill different offices, but we have the same privilege to do what they did. You know, on the day of Pentecost, when they got filled with the Holy Ghost, they got so excited after getting filled with the Holy Ghost, they just jumped out of that upper room, out the windows, out the doors, out onto the streets of Jerusalem, running around, speaking in tongues, going, praise the Lord. And they were speaking in languages everybody understood, and everybody understood in their own language, and they were telling about Jesus. And they're, they're going, wait a second, what is going on here? And then some scoffers, because they're always there. You know, Bill Maher has been around forever. And he's, he goes, oh, they're just drunk. And Peter said, you're nuts. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. But this is that, that the prophet, but every one of them that was in church that morning got filled with the Holy Ghost, got excited and went out and invited God, a huge crowd together, and that day, by the time Peter got done preaching, because the church went out and invited people to church, Peter got to preach in open air, first open air revival, or crusade, and 3,000 men got saved that day with their wives and children. <clears throat> what shall we do? my word and the people didn't stop the people didn't stop in fact before they started coming under persecution even the priests were getting saved can you imagine even the priests were getting saved and then god had to say um didn't i tell you to spread out why is it we don't always listen to god i told you to go into the uttermost parts of the world you need to go do that now so and you haven't gotten to the rest of Judea and Samaria yet. I know what I'll do. I'll make you uncomfortable and you'll go do it. And they did. Do you know that the Holy Spirit warned the church in Jerusalem before 70 AD, the destruction of Jerusalem? The Holy Spirit said, hey, um, church, do you remember what Jesus said about Jerusalem and the temple being destroyed? Um, that's happening now. You better go to the hills. And the whole church moved, went up into the mountains overlooking Jerusalem, to another community, were completely safe there, and they watched Jesus' words being fulfilled as the temple and the city of Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans, and they were safe. Why? Because the Holy Spirit knows his business. If we would just listen to the Holy Spirit when he speaks to us, we'll do better. <laughs> so let's talk about our most precious treasure that we have. Let's go to 2 Timothy Chapter 1 and verse 8. And it says, this is our most precious treasure he's talking about here, Paul is. Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. The Christian, instead of being ashamed of his profession of faith, must before the world show fearlessly that its hopes and its promises are his most precious treasure. Don't you like that? 
Can you say amen? Isn't your salvation your most precious treasure? It's like Brother Fonce used to say, and my pastor Meredith in Maine, he used to say, if, if Jesus just saved me and gave me nothing else, not even heaven, it would be, I would be satisfied because he forgave me of my sins. It goes on. And then he says, nor of his prisoner. Even though Paul was a prisoner in a Roman cell, this is his attitude. He was in no way considering himself a prisoner of Nero, but rather he felt himself as a prisoner of the Lord. That's why he could be positive. I'm already a prisoner of the Lord. I'm just doing what the Lord has me to do. He's got me here for a reason. I'm going to be able to preach to that fool Nero. But be thou partakers of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Now this actually means to take one's share of the ill treatment. We don't like this in America. We, we, we love preaching our escapism theology, you know. But this actually means to take one's share of ill treatment, which will always be accompanied by the power of God, which gives us grace to stand the test. Now, let me tell you something. If we got grace to stand the test, we're so much further along. He, he did not say that we're going to come under his wrath, but Jesus told us they're going to hate you because of my namesake. So don't be surprised. Some people say that Trump is got born again. And maybe that's why he can take all the slings and arrows, if he truly got born again. Because who could stand it? Hey, by the way, isn't it nice that we no longer have, our world leader, Trump, is no longer the, the world leader with the worst hair? Have you seen Prime Minister Boris Johnson? They got the same color hair, but his hair is like he never took a comb to it. He just got up out of bed, got dressed, and went to work. I am so glad. We no longer have the worst hairdo president in the world anymore. <laughs> it's kind of nice. <laughs> it is G. But, but let's, get back, let's get back to the word. I, I just got to get back to the word. Hallelujah. Uh, I, politics will take care of itself. Keep praying for the president. He needs our prayers. And uh, praise the Lord. And praise the Lord. He got a deal done that he's going to be actually signing officially when he goes... Um, later on with Japan, and our, all our excess corn is getting bought by Japan to help our farmer. He also got Japan to, to agree to lower tariffs on our beef, and they're going to be buying more beef to help our farmers. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. We've been praying for our farmers. God is answering prayers for them because our farmers, oh, they need our prayers because you know what? If you are a farmer, you better live by faith. Because you're dependent on God to send the rain at the right time and turn off the rain at the right time to get harvest done. Praise the Lord. But it's Jesus who says, that's why he's our most precious treasure. Second Timothy verse nine, uh, 1.9 says, okay, who has saved us. Now this is what he did, this is through what he did at the cross. Always remember that. Sometimes we forget that. We sometimes think it's just because we prayed and we live a good. No, it's because of what Jesus did at the cross that we're saved. That's why we got his grace. And called us with a holy calling. 
Did you hear that? He called us with a holy calling. We didn't call him, but rather he called you. Isn't that cool? Remember what the Bible says? God the Father doesn't want anyone to perish, right? He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He, he made hell for the devils and his angels, right? The demons, right? He doesn't want anybody. But whosoever will come. It's mankind who chooses to send themselves to hell or not. It's, a per, it's an individual choice. So Jesus is always calling. Come unto me. We read that this morning. Those who are... You know, come unto me, come unto me. He's always standing here with his arms outstretched. Come unto me, I'll heal you. Come unto me, I'll save you. Come unto me, I'll answer your prayer. Come unto me, I will do whatever you need for me to do. Come, and that is even correcting you. Come unto me. I love the fact that our sanctification is not based in our own good works, but our sanctification is based on, through Jesus Christ who knows us so well. God the Father, when he looks at us, he sees you completely sanctified, completely done. Jesus looks at you and sees that you're a mess. Come on, let's be honest. You know what? He loves messy people. He died for messy people. He didn't die for perfect people. He knows how you are. He knows how I is. Come on. And so he died for us. So the Father sees us done. Because we're written in the Lamb's book of life, and he sees us through Jesus' eyes. He sees us as done. Jesus looks at us and sees where we're lacking. And so he says to the Father, Father, will you please send your Holy Spirit to Jason? Will you please send your Holy Spirit to Al? Will you please send your Holy Spirit to that Pastor David? And the Holy Spirit comes upon us and he, te and he comes into us and he teaches us a better way. And he opens up the word of God to us so it's so real. And so it's Jesus who calls us. I'm sorry, that's partially off the screen. I'm sorry. Um, Corey's going to fix that. It's, she's going to get it fixed. She will. Hmm. I'll have to remember that in the future, that I don't have the whole screen like I used to. That's okay. But if you have your Bibles, you can follow along. I'm still in verse 9, aren't I? Not according to our works. Remember, salvation is by grace through faith, not of works. What does Ephesians 2, 8, 9 say? It's up there. For by grace ye are saved through faith. That not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone here could boast. That's the problem. There's some churches in our community that thinks you can get saved through all your good works. We got some cults in our community that thinks that you get into heaven by all your good works. But that's not what the Bible says. For by grace, by Jesus, are you saved. First Peter says, for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, so you can't buy heaven, from your vain conversations received by tradition, so tradition's not going to save you from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, wow, as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, 
but was manifest in these last times for you. Oh, it's because of Jesus, because of his precious blood, you are saved. So it's not because of what you do, it's because of what he does. And if we would just yield to him, boy, what that would do for our lives. It would build us. Did you, I had a lady in, in, in my church in, in Minnesota, and, and, and she was a wonderful lady, her and her husband. And, and he got, they both got wonderfully saved. I don't have time to go into it, but wonderfully saved. And, and he, after he got saved, he got filled with the Holy Ghost. But Mary didn't. And she, after years of not getting filled with the Holy Ghost, she was jealous of her husband because he was filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, and she wasn't. And it made her ornery. So one day I found out what the problem was. Well, I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed to get the Holy Ghost. Okay. And then after talking to her some more, I discovered something. Her husband understood about yielding. Mary, because of her personality, had no clue what it meant to yield. So I explained yielding to her. Everybody here who's a driver understands that when you come to a yield sign, you have to slow down and possibly stop because another car has the right of way. Well, it's the same thing with God. We need to slow down and possibly stop because he always has the right of way in our lives. And once she understood what yielding meant, Al and I, we said, you want to pray right now, Mary? She says, yes, of course. And right there in the middle of the church, she couldn't have fallen down because of all the pews. We had hard pews with cushions, really nice cushion pews, but they were state, you know, you couldn't just push chairs out of the way. And right there and then, within five seconds, she gets filled with the Holy Ghost and starts speaking in tongues. And she says, why didn't I realize this years ago? I wouldn't have had to wait. It's been my fault, not his. Only Jesus can give life and immortality. Let's go to verse 10. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Everything is wrapped up in Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. Everything. Oh, glory to God. I'm, I'm liking this. Some of you who've been saved forever is getting excited about this. Isn't that exciting? Everything. So, you're problems, your mess, your bills, your health, your kids, your, your, your foster, your, your, your cars, your job, everything is wrapped up in Jesus. Come on. Who has abolished death? What does Romans 6.23 say? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Huh? And has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Now, I, I, I love that. For by, what does it say again? For the wages of sin is death. So the wages of our sin, because we were all born sinners, was death. We were deserving death. We had a death penalty put on us before we were even born because we were born into sin. But what does Jesus do? But the gift of God is eternal life. 
Oh, hallelujah, that's our gift, that's eternal life. But how do we get it? Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's what Paul's saying over in 2 Timothy, verse 10. Come on. Has brought to life the immortality of light through the gospel. The gospel is the cross which made life and immortality possible. And we'll see its total fulfillment at the coming resurrection. I use resurrection because there's some people who are debating the rapture now. Let me tell you something. If you believe in the resurrection, guess what? I'm sorry to break your bubble, guys, out there who don't believe in the rapture. If you believe in the second resurrection, that's the resurrection of the saints, you believe in the rapture. Go check it out. What does it say? <laughs> There'll be a shout and a trumpet sounded, and the dead in Christ shall come to life. Resurrection. And those who will and come up and meet us who are alive, and we'll all go swooping through the air. Guess what? All of us who are alive swooping through the air will be resurrected into our brand new bodies. We'll get to see it change in a twinkling of an eye. So fast you won't even notice. And we'll all be caught up with Jesus. That is the resurrection. We also call it the rapture. So don't tell me you don't believe in the rapture when the resurrection and the rapture are the same thing. Come on. The silly things we debate. Because of semantics. Semantics, for those who don't know, that's just wording of words. Verse 11 and 12. Wow. Oh, I'm, yeah, 11 and 12. Whereunto, Paul says, I'm appointed a preacher. Hmm. I love this because he talks about here, I know whom I believe in. I believe. I, every time I say that phrase, I think of the song. <laughs> Whereunto I am appointed a preacher. What does a preacher do? Preaches the gospel. What do you do? You invite people to know Jesus. And an apostle. An apostle of what? Grace. My word. Sometimes the church is too judgmental today. We don't pepper it. We don't salt it enough with grace. Come on. And a teacher of the Gentiles. Although the apostle also preached to the Jews, his major thrust was ever to the Gentiles whose salvation the cross made possible. Remember, Paul was told when his ministry began, you're going to be the apostle to the Gentiles. Because of his ministry, we're all saved. Isn't that awesome? We, we stand upon giants before us. Verse 12. For the which cause, for which, the which cause he's talking about here to establish the church, I also suffer these things like imprisonment, beatings, riots, all those, you know, and so forth and so on that happened to Paul all those years, right? And by the way, I forgot to mention, we're reading Paul's last will and testimony. This is his very last book he wrote before he was martyred, before Nero had him executed. And he's writing it to Timothy, whom he called his spiritual son. So usually when it's a last will and testimony, you should pay attention because these are the last words somebody is going to make. This is something that really has meaning. 
Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. Proclaims the fact that some were ashamed of Paul regarding his imprisonment, and some people today act like they're ashamed of Jesus. For I know whom I believed, refers to the Lord Jesus Christ, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. And this refers to the souls, to the soul with all its immortal interests. In other words, we know we're going to heaven. That's our hope. So stand up. Stand up and let your voice be heard. Mark 8.38 gives us a warning. Lorraine reminded me of this while I was working on this. Um, Mark 8.38 is a warning from Jesus. Look what it says up there. Yes, it's up there. Whosoever shall be ashamed of me. This is Jesus talking. Whosoever, therefore, and he's talking to those who are saved. Whosoever, therefore, shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation. Don't you think we live in an adulterous, sinful generation right now? Of whom also shall the Son of Man me, Jesus, be ashamed of you who are ashamed of me. That's what he's saying there. When he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. So he's talking about when the second coming comes. If you're ashamed of me, you're not willing to invite, you're not willing to tell people about me, guess what? I'm not going to be willing to talk about you in front of my Father. Not my words, that's Jesus. That's why I'm saying, Jesus gave you an opportunity. You can take your, your bags of gold he has given you and take them and risk everything and, 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 and let him increase those bags of gold. Or you can take that one bag of gold you have and invest it in the bank. Well, where's the bank that we have? Here at the church. You invest it. You, you invite people and you bring them to the church and let us get the work done. And that way God gets a return on what he has given you. But what did he do to the man who was ashamed? Oh, I was afraid of you, so I took it and hid it in the, underneath my house. I dug a hole and put it under there, and here's your dirty bag of gold back. Wow. And he said the master took that gold and he gave it to the one he gave five. And the one that he was ashamed of him, or was afraid to do what the others were risked all to do, he put them outside the gate. Let's not have the Lord be ashamed of us. How can we be ashamed of the one who died for us on the cross? Isn't he worth, isn't he worth shouting from the mountaintop, Jesus saved me and he takes care of me and he doesn't let me down ever. You might even have to say, Jesus went ahead and convicted me this week. Yay! It's because he loves me. I know we don't like that part. But he does it so, because he loves us. Hallelujah. I'm glad he doesn't beat us up. I, I wanted to finish here. I, we need to go over. I, I, wanna, I want to <laughs> I, I want to really encourage you before we leave here. And I, got, I only have a few minutes because i got to get Danny to an event at uh, the college. Because it's her. You only start college once, usually. You know, so I got to get her over there. This is exciting, and Jason's been looking forward to this. 
I am not ashamed. So I want to invite you to meet my Savior. Mm. I will declare your name, Jesus. Hebrews 10, 10 through 13 says, Hebrews um, 2, 10 through 13 says, For it became him, refers to God's way, as it concerns the redemption of all mankind. For whom are all things? Well, God is the final reason for all things. And by whom are all things? Through whose agency that God made them? God is the final reason for all things. Are you getting it? And by whom all things? In the beginning, many sons unto glory, speaks of God's divine purpose, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. This carries the idea that Christ had to suffer the cross in order to bring about redemption for humanity. For be both he who sanctifies and they who are sanctified are all one, or are all of Jesus, because we belong to him, right? For which cause he is not ashamed, he, Jesus, is not ashamed, I hope you're seeing this, to call them brethren. Refers to the fact that Jesus became one of us, but only in the sense of humanity, not in the sense of our sin. But he's not ashamed to call you his sister in front of his father or his, or his brother. Do you know every day Satan shows up in heaven and he tries to accuse you before the Father? Did you know that? And who's sitting at the right hand of God, the Father? Jesus Christ. And what does, God, what does Jesus do? He's your advocate. He's your lawyer. And what does the Father say um, to the angel? Um, and the angel says to him, Father, their name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And he goes, they're not guilty. Get out of here, you old liar. Because they've been washed in the blood. And then Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to straighten us out because he doesn't want old jerk Satan accusing of us of anything because he loves us. That's one of the reasons he straightens us out. Not because we're naughty little children. He doesn't want the devil coming up to heaven accusing us of stuff that's been already covered in the blood. Come on, did you ever think about that? Isn't that kind of cool? He loves us that much? You don't want anybody brings false accusations against you or me? Oh, hallelujah. There's so many times we bring stuff on ourselves. Where was I? Verse 11? Um, anyway. Verse 12. Saying, I will declare... This is Psalm 22, 22 he's quoting here. Saying, I will declare your name unto my brethren... In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto you. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God has given me. See, the cross makes it possible for us to become the children of God. All you have to do is put your trust in Jesus Christ and he will save you. He will forgive you all your sins. And then quickly over to Hebrews 11. If you can turn just a couple of pages over in your Bible. If we go over to Hebrews 11 and verse 16. I can bring it in for a landing. This is my last verse. 
11.16 says, But now they desire a better country that is at heavenly. All of this is attained only through and by what Jesus did at the cross and our faith in the finished work of that cross. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God because they have commended themselves to God by their faith in what Jesus did for them on the cross. You get it? For he has prepared for them a city. Not that he will, but he has already done so. Remember what Jesus says? I must go and prepare a place for you. You know, he's already got it prepared. He's not waiting. He, Jesus doesn't procrastinate like you and I do. <laughs> how, how many are plagued by procrastination at times? Yeah, we all are, right? In some form or another. Some worse, some better. You know, you, 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 you figure out if you're a better or the worse. Or if you're really a bad procrastinator. Is that a good thing? Nah, never mind. Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. For 2,000 years now, he's been preparing that place. And he keeps on, every, people, every person he gets saved, he's prepared a place for. Every person. And, and um, one version, one, one um, book of the Bible, one of the Gospels says it's ro many rooms. There was a debate on this a while back at our church. Um, many rooms, but Jesus also said, I'm going to prepare, uh, my father's house is, you know, he talks about mansions. And we love to sing that song, I got a mansion just over the hilltop. In that great city. And then I had, a, I had somebody in my first church used to like to sing about, if God would just give me a shack on the backside of heaven, I'll be happy. I mean, they, they didn't care about getting a mansion. They just, if they, he just gave me a shack, you know, a, a, a log cabin or just a little shack on the back, a one room with a fireplace, I'd be happy. Why? Because I'll be in heaven with him. I'm not worried about the accommodations. I just want to be with Jesus. You know, that's how our attitude should be. Because Jesus died for us. Yes, he's prepared a place for us in heaven. Yes, we'll have a place to live in the new Jerusalem. But praise God, it's, it's not the place we're going to get. It's the presence we're going to be in. And that's going to be with Jesus Christ. And we can have that by accepting Jesus into our heart. And he will forgive us all of our sins. And heaven will be our home. And all we have, because God loves us so much. I can't wait. And God is not ashamed to call us his own. So you're invited this today. You're invited to share Jesus with somebody. You're invited to accept Jesus as your Savior today. So for those who are saved today, you're invited to share Jesus with somebody. Come on. The, the, the greatest privilege you have, the, your, your greatest treasure to share it with somebody. And, and, and if you're not saved, you're invited today to accept Jesus as your Savior. Oh, I'm sorry. I got one more verse to share with you. It's my last slide there. I referred to it earlier. But let me remind you of this. But God commended his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, 
gospel, hallelujah. This is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. While we were yet sinners, while you were still enemies with God, Christ died for you. Oh, let Jesus come into your heart this morning. Let Jesus come to your heart this morning. Just pray, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins. Be my Lord and Savior. I believe what you did for me on the cross, that it was a finished work. That Lord Jesus, you died for me because you love me. Lord, I want to live for you for the rest of my life, and thank you for giving me heaven as my home. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. If you at home prayed this prayer with me, and you believe that in your heart, I want you to confess that somebody that you, you did that today. You asked Jesus in your heart because the Bible says with confession we are saved. Not confessing um, as you would go to a booth or something and confess all you. No, no, no. Telling people that you asked Jesus into your heart. And then I want you to start reading the book of the Gospel of John. I want you to read that Gospel because it'll teach you everything you need to, a lot about who Jesus is and how he wants to change your life and touch your life. And then if you would just send us, go to wapitonnewlife.org, send us an email. I want, we want to be praying for you, and I want to send you a movie about Jesus so you can get to know him even better. And it's just a movie based on the book of Luke. And, uh, um, and uh, it's all out of the book of Luke. All of Jesus' words are out of the book of Luke there. And we want to send that to you. And, and, and we're not asking you for money. We're not asking you for anything. We want to be praying for you because God loves you and you've just became a child of God. Now for, for us here, I want to invite you this morning. Oh, praise the Lord. Let's stand up for Jesus today. Let's not be ashamed of the gospel. Let's not be ashamed of Jesus. I want to invite you this morning to come. I want us to come this morning. All right, I already got three people on the first row that came. I'm inviting you to come to say, I want to stand up for Jesus today. I want to stand up for him. I, I want us to publicly confess our faith and say, I am not ashamed of Jesus today. I want to come. You can just sit on the front row. I don't care. I, I, I want to come today. I want to stand up for him and say, hey, Lord Jesus, here I am. Use me. Use me. Come right now. Come on. So act on your faith. Praise the Lord. You can just come and sit. Come on, Karen. You're doing it all the time. Come on up. Come on. I want, God, I want Jesus to bless you even more. You do it all the time at the group home. Hallelujah. <laughs>